came to live, live a perfect life. He came to be the living word our life. He came to die so we'd be reconciled. He came to rise to show his power and might. That's why we praise him. That's why we sing. That's why we offer him our everything. That's why we bow down and worship this king. Cause he gave his everything. Cause he gave his everything. He came to live, live again in us. He came to be our conquering king and friend. He came to heal and show the lost ones his love. He came to go, prepare a place for us. That's why we praise him. That's why we sing. That's why we offer him our everything. That's why we bow down and worship this king. Cause he gave his everything. Halle, hallelujah, halle, hallelujah, halle, hallelujah, halle, hallelujah. That's why we praise him, that's why we sing. That's why we offer him our everything. That's why we bow down and worship this king. Cause he gave his everything. Cause he gave his everything. Blessed be your name. In a land that is plentiful, where streams of abundance flow, blessed be your name. Blessed be your name, when I'm found in the desert place, though I walk through the wilderness, blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be your name when the sun's shining down on me, when the world's all as it should be. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name on a road marked with suffering, though there's pain in the offering. Blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, blessed be the name of the
Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. You give and take away. You give and take away. My heart will choose to say, Lord, blessed be your name. You give and take away. You give and take away. My heart will choose to say, Lord, blessed be your name. You give and take away. You give and take away. My heart will choose to say, Lord, blessed be your name. You give and take away. You give and take away. My heart will choose to say, Lord, blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Oh, my soul, worship His holy name. Sing like never before, oh, my soul. At Thy feet we humbly bow. Oh, do not our suit disdain. Shall we seek Thee, Lord, in vain? Shall we seek Thee, Lord, in vain? Lord, on Thee our souls depend. In
Good morning, Preston Crest. Oh, goodness. Again, every time I do 1045, I get that sort of response. At 830, I get a much better response. This is a day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let's try that again. Good morning, everybody. Good morning to Preston Crest. We're glad that you're here. I'm Mike Pipkin. I'm one of the elders here at Preston Crest. Uh, we are glad that you're here. If you're members, please take the opportunity to text the word check-in to the number up on the screen. That'll give us, uh, give us a record of your presence. If you're visiting with us, we're especially glad that you're here, and I hope that we have the opportunity to meet and to get to know you as well. Uh, just a couple of announcements before we continue our time in worship. We've got a big event for our youth group coming up next week. That's Sunday, November 21st. Uh, it's the annual PCYG Missions Bake Sale, one of the two very large uh, events that we have that raise money for our youth group for the events that they do, and in particular, the mission trips that they take. Next year, we're looking at a mission trip to Guatemala for the youth group to take. We ask, uh, ask the Lord's favor on that. There are many ways that you can participate in the youth group. Not only can you buy the baked goods that are going to be available uh, for us during our uh, or after first service and, 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 and during our time next Sunday, but you can also bake baked goods and provide those for sale. And you can also just donate, donate, uh, donate to the youth group for the missions. There's lots of opportunities for you. If you go to the Preston Crest website, uh, you'll see a link there to the, uh, to the opportunities for you to be able to participate. We also had a great event here uh, over the weekend with our Discover Young Adults Ministry. 40 attended uh, the Discover, uh, Discover Young Adults, about to say youth group again. Uh, they're a little older than that. The Discover Young Adults uh, retreat that was uh, this last weekend out in East Texas. We've got a few pictures that are scrolling right now. A great event uh, attended by many. We're just so thankful for the opportunity for our young adults to, to get away from the city for just a little bit. Uh, and now they're back with us this morning. We're thankful for that. Uh, let's, uh, before we continue our time in worship, let's go to our Father in prayer. Dear God, we are thankful for this congregation of believers, for the, those that are here watching us in person, those that may be watching us online. We're just thankful for your perfect plan of salvation that led us to this moment where we can gather together as believers in you, worship you, lift our prayers to you, lift our songs to you, and to hear the word of God. We are just so thankful for your perfect plan for us. Lord, we gather together in celebration of your name, but we know that there are many in this congregation that are mourning loss, and in particular, uh, the Mitchell family and the Shuttlesworth family. Lord, as we, as we weep with these families who mourn, we praise you for, their, for the, the lives of William Mitchell and of Charlie Leger, for the, for the people that they've touched, uh, for the influences that they've had, for the legacy they leave behind. We're thankful for all of that as we continue to lift up the Mitchell and Shuttlesworth family during these difficult days. Uh, Lord, we thank you for this, for this time that we can come together and worship. We ask that you bless us as we continue to praise you and to lift up your name in song. And most of all, Lord, we are so thankful for your son, Jesus, for the life that he lived on this earth, for the lessons that he taught us and that we, we learn about and that we carry to this day, for the gospel 
that we carry out to this entire world by whatever means possible and for the hope of resurrection that we have through the, 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 the crucifixion of your son and his resurrection for the hope that we have to live with you forever. And it's through him that we pray. Amen. Hear the word of the Lord from 1 Chronicles chapter 16, 29. Give to the Lord the glory he deserves. Bring your offering and come into his presence. Worship the Lord in all his holy splendor. Let's continue our, our morning worship. Yes, let's continue. Let's stand and let's sing this morning. And if you're watching it online on home, at home, stand with us. Let's, uh, let's get worship and praise to the Lord God Almighty this morning. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord, wait upon the Lord.
We're going to sing a couple of songs uh, as we're entering into our time of communion. And as I was working through this order of worship this week, it occurred to me that these songs, we've sung them both a bunch individually, but never together. So let's kind of, we're going to do a little mashup of these two songs, one right after the other. And uh, you'll notice how prayerful they are, first of all, and how fitting they are in getting us ready for the Lord's Supper. Be still, my soul. ironic. Um, I got up here saying we're, we're all big fans of top tens lists, and I just heard someone's sports center notification go off on their phone over there. <laughs> God works in mysterious ways, that's for sure. 
So we all are big fans of top 10 lists. And so I started thinking about what is my top 10 list of communion moments. Uh, honestly, the first one came to mind. I was a young man at my church in Albuquerque and I was serving communion. Remember when we had trays? Some of you younger folks may not remember that. We had trays, we were passing them around and I gave it to one of my youth group dads, um, the father of one of my friends. He took the tray for the juice and then sometimes those little cups got stuck in there and so he kind of picked it up, and it wasn't going, and he, I guess, tried too hard, and it went right on his shirt, all down his front. He put it back, took another one, took it, and then got up and went to clean off his, his shirt. But then on a more serious note, one of my favorite memories was I was serving communion here, and I don't remember the gentleman that was giving the thoughts that day, but he talked about, um, he said, I can't remember exactly how he brought it up. He brought up the idea of how would you like it if our armed service members went to serve in a nation of terrorists to defend those terrorists? How would you feel about our men and women in service dying for those that are actively trying to kill us? And I have to, I have to be honest with you, my first reaction was, oh, wow, we're getting real political on a Sunday morning. But then he read this verse. And it made a real lasting impact to me. It was Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so we didn't, we didn't turn to Christ before he died for us. We were actively against him. And it's that sacrifice that he made for us um, as we were actively campaigning against him with our sin, as we are actively... Um, kind of throwing his sacrifice back in his face. I mean, I did it this week. Um, he's died for me, and yet I continue to do wrong. But he still died for us and saves us through his, through his sacrifice. Let's pray. God, I'm thankful so much for your son. I'm thankful for his sacrifice that while I was still against you, you died for me. It's because of you that we take this cracker and we remember your, blood, your body that you sacrificed for us. I pray this in your son's name. Amen. Please bear with me. Dear Lord, thank you for giving us all um, another wonderful day at um, church. And please be with those who are mourning losses of um, family members that they have lost. And please bless everyone in this room. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you, John and Jackson. I appreciate that. If you've come this morning prepared to give an offering, you can drop that offering in the box in the middle of the foyer at the conclusion of this assembly. You can also give online. Many options to do that. Uh, One of the things that uh, is... uh, one of the great works of this church is the Cover Dallas ministry. And so many things fall under the Cover Dallas ministry. We'll watch a video about that in just a moment. But it's feeding people. It's helping people. It's providing resources for people in the city of Dallas and the surrounding areas. Cover Dallas. Cover Dallas. It's a, it's a good work of this church. Thank you for how you give, first of all, church, and then also how you support, how you work, how you serve. Let's pray. Good morning, Father. We are blessed to be in your presence this morning. And we're thankful to be called your children. And as your children, we want to serve, we want to give, we want to work. And we want to draw others into your kingdom. So bless us, Father, as we try to do that. Thank you for Cover Dallas and how it meets needs of so many across this city. And thank you for this body of believers who so willingly give and so willingly serve. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Let's watch a little bit about Cover Dallas. Cover Dallas with Love is a ministry of relationships, relationships with individuals, with groups, with other churches, with organizations, profit, nonprofit, reaching out to serve and care for with and for neighborhoods, people in the streets, people in all kinds of places and spaces strategically to help serve and quite frankly to love our neighbor. Particular attention is given to those that may be marginalized, hurt, maybe don't have resources that uh, others would have, but our goal is to be Christ-like in all of our ministry and mission to serve and to care for those in our city. This is home for many, many of our groups, individuals, organizations that serve in a variety of ways to take care of and love people in the city of Dallas. Ultimately, at the end and at the beginning, we let them know that this is all about Jesus Christ, all about honoring God, and all about loving and caring for our neighbor. We're thankful that through all the daily weekly, monthly initiatives that we have and continue to develop throughout our network of Cover Dallas with Love, Preston Crest has been non-negotiably committed to support and care for and invest in the ministry that we have been developing and continuing to grow. Thank you Preston Crest for serving, for caring through all of our people at this church and may we continue to honor God as we cover Dallas with love. Yeah, good stuff. Under the umbrella of Cover Dallas is our Thanksgiving food drive. And thank you for bringing your food back uh, if you did so today. If you haven't done that yet, you got all week to bring that back. I just need it by Friday because the food is going out with a, with a turkey on Friday morning and Friday afternoon. Two ways. We're going to have two shifts 
of uh, serving and giving and distributing this food. It's from 10 to noon and then from 2 to 4. Now, I also will have a crew of people that will meet me at about 9 o'clock in the morning on the south uh, parking lot. We're going to go to Tom Thumb, load up a couple of hundred turkeys, a couple of hundred big frozen turkeys. So if you've got a pickup, sign up here. Just uh, text to that number. Text the word me and you'll find options to sign up for Thanksgiving food drive help. However you can help. I don't need a lot of help, but I do need extra hands. And so you'll see if those slots are already full, thank you. If they're not, jump on and, and, and join us this coming Friday to help. We're going to stand. We're going to send kids on up to Children's Church. And we'll sing uh, another song as Gordon's getting ready to come share with us this morning. He shall return in rows of white. Thank you, John Scott. About time to give some food away to the community, and I'm so grateful to be part of a church that cares about our neighbors uh, in Dallas. So we're in this study on the Lord's Prayer. Uh, his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. That's what we're asking as well. Teach us to pray. And this simple prayer that Maybe you memorized as a kid. I mean, that we're very familiar with the Lord's Prayer. There's so much packed into kind of these eight little prayers. And so we're going line by line and studying. And, and really, Jesus is starting out by saying, you know, God is our Father. From Him, we have life. He is what our life is about. He is who we worship. Um, and so there's just this acknowledgement of reality from the very beginning. Our Father in heaven. You didn't get yourself here. You didn't bring yourself into the world. There's a creator. God is the author of life. The oxygen that you are breathing in is a gift from God. The meal or meals that you will enjoy today, he put this bounty into our world. We enjoy it. We're thankful for it. And yeah, we share it with others. Um, so Jesus is introducing us to this God who cares for us in big ways 
and cares for us in little ways as well. He is our Father. And that opening phrase calls us to more than subsistence living. It calls us to more than getting by, marking time. It's our Father. We connect to God. We, cre- we connect and fellowship with the creator of the universe who cares for us as his children. And so we seek his name to be hallowed. We worship. We seek his kingdom to come here on earth as it is in heaven. His will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Um, and so that's why we're here. Not just this morning. That's why we're here on earth to love God. And to love people made in the image of God. To walk in rhythm with His Spirit. And to worship Him and Him alone. So here's that familiar prayer of Jesus in Matthew 6. He says, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day. Your translation might say today. Give us this day or give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts. Your translation might say our sins or our trespasses. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Uh, This will not come as a surprise to you. Uh, There are a lot of things that people are afraid of these days. Some of it depends on your age. Probably your three-year-old is afraid of certain things that you are not afraid of, and you are afraid of certain things that your three-year-old daughter uh, has no awareness of. You know, like, can we pay the the car payment or the light bill this month? Things like that. Um, We have different kinds of fears. Even corporations have fears, and among those fears, uh, there is the fear of what? Of getting sued. That's why we have these warning labels that sometimes go on for pages. Don't do this. Don't do this. Use this product in this certain way. And sometimes they are so afraid of getting sued, you end up with some kind of like absurd warning labels, I guess you could say. So here are a few actual warning labels. This is a wheelbarrow and an actual warning label that says, not intended for highway use. Just to be clear, backyard, yes. Construction site, yes. You know, tollway, no, no, no. Stay off the tollway with that thing. Um, Or this one. I like this baby stroller. Manufacturer put this tag on there. Remove child before folding. And someone reminded me this morning, most of these warnings, right, Mike, they come from somebody actually did this. So we better put a label on it. You know, they forgot their kid was in there or whatever. Then you've got this one, iPod Shuffle. I had one of these. By the way, this thing, before we get into that, that's pretty funny. Do not eat iPod Shuffle, but these things were great. I mean, I had this little thing, just tiny thing, and it ran through the washing machine, right, multiple times, and it kept working. Uh, but it is about the size of a snack or, a, you know, tapas or something that you just want. So don't eat it. It may look yummy, but do not eat that. And then this one. Uh, the iron had this on it. By the way, I got so much, first of all, do not iron while wearing shirt. I got so much grief after first service for saying iron. And I'm like, don't you know, it's, it's iron. It's, I didn't know it was a one syllable word, but I will adapt. I'm in Texas. So iron, uh, don't iron, uh, while wearing shirt. And I, I got a kick out of this because I think maybe I tried this, and I definitely know other dudes in college that like had to go to a formal or something, and were like, I'm just going to save a step, get dressed, and then, you know, and that's not something you want to try. But anyway, these companies imagine, you know, worst case scenarios, and, you know, don't 
do that. Don't go there. And sometimes we live like that and we imagine all of these what ifs. And we live in response to what could happen. And we live anxiety-based lives and built into this prayer is you have a powerful father who cares about you and who is looking after you down to the granular details of your life. Like food to eat today. God is looking after you. Jesus is letting us know we can trust God. We can rest in the Father's care for us. So those worst case scenarios, I mean, we, we worry about things that a lot of it probably will never happen. And then the other stuff that is going to kind of filter through and actually happen, it doesn't do any good to worry about it for the most part, right? It doesn't do any good. In fact, Jesus said later in chapter 6, verse 27, he said, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? You know, worries don't add to our lives. They subtract from life. And so again, the Lord's Prayer is a response to this, a call to not be warriors, but, but to be loved, protected, provided for children of God. So here's what we do. We say to our Heavenly Father, verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. I'm trusting you today to give me and my family what we need. I'm trusting you in this moment for your provision, your power, your peace. Give that to me today. Tomorrow will take care of itself. There is, I think, by the way, embedded in this, I think there's a myth that Jesus is responding to, uh, and there's a myth that God cares only about the spiritual side, right? The, the lofty ideals, the theology, the someday in heaven, uh, those sorts of things. And Jesus is saying, no, God cares about your food situation. God cares about your actual material needs. Yes, he cares about those things too. But don't think he only cares about one dimension. He cares about every dimension of your life. Everything that is important for you to do more than just get by. But to live and to enjoy this life and a relationship with him and to find meaning in serving his kingdom purposes, God cares about all of that. Um, so too many think, I think people think, someday, someday I will get around to caring about the spiritual things. But right now, I got, I got too much stuff to do right now. Someday, I'll take seriously this soul stuff. I'll get around to it. But I got to get my bottom level, like, essentials taken care of first. Then I'll worry about this upper level spiritual dimension. Until then, I'm just going to keep working. I'm going to keep saving. I'm going to keep piling up and making sure that we've got what we need. Someday, I'll finally have enough, enough and then I can move on to those spiritual things. Jesus says, hang on, hang on. Uh, your connection to God is not simply spiritual ideals. It's not simp simply uh, contemplating heaven and those things. God provides everything you need down to the bread you eat. He meets your needs here and now. Uh, Yahweh, Yireh, it's a name of God in the Old Testament. God provides, or you may have heard Jehovah, Jireh, God provides. It's one of his names. 
He provides for you. Uh, In other words, he is concerned with every single detail of your life, the big, the small. And so this, by the way, this, (laughs) this week I'm working through this and um, I'm thinking about on our family background, give us this day our daily bread. And I have to think about our years in Brazil because daily bread <laughs> is a thing in Brazil. There, there are paterias, there are bakeries all over the place. There's one close to your house in Brazil and you go there every day and you get that brown sack with th- three or four little French breads in there, uh, crusty and hard on the outside and oh so warm and soft on the inside. It is perfect. But you do not save that, right? I, you, don't, you, don't, you can <laughs> eat it the next day, but it's kind of like, eh. Couple days later, no, no. Uh, it's a daily bread culture. I mean, we buy a loaf, and it's going to last us for a couple of a weeks. But I imagine the people Jesus is talking to in the first century. It's daily bread. Okay, have you baked the bread for today? Okay, or have you purchased the bread for today? Okay, um, it works differently in certain places. Um, so daily, daily sustenance. It comes from where? It comes from. Above, it comes from God who takes care of us. Um, great, you work hard for your paycheck. Great, you should do that. Um, great, you save and you plan. Good stuff. Uh, but just remember, you would not be alive if it wasn't for God. You would not have the opportunities that you have had if it wasn't for him taking care of you. You wouldn't have your health and your talents and your friends if it wasn't God who gives us in James every good gift comes from heaven. So we give him thanks for everything big and small. God's children know that whether they're planting and harvesting their own garden or they're going to Kroger and they're buying stuff, that it's coming because of God's provision to them. So you are very likely going to have something to eat today. I would imagine, I won't ask for a show of hands. I would imagine most of us have already eaten something today. Um, and you're going to have that, I think, whether or not you get on your knees and pray, give me this day my daily bread, Father. So why ask? Because asking, this is on my outline, my notes, I put asking for the Father for daily bread reminds me that He is the provider of all that I need. Let's put that up there. It just reminds me, it it makes me grateful. And by the way, um, it's one thing to be dependent on God, that's just reality. Everybody, Christian, Buddhist, Muslim, atheist, everybody is dependent on God. This prayer says, I acknowledge that. I walk with an awareness, a grateful awareness that you provide for me, Father, and I am grateful for that. So why do I ask? Because I need to. I need to remember who I am and who my Father is. It expresses trust in him. It's, it's almost an act of worship, right? To say, give me something to eat today, Father. By the way, um, is it possible to take for granted, you know, your daily life. Of course, it happens all the time. But his children want to be aware of his provision in their lives. I love what, what Jesus said in Matthew seven eleven, talking to dads like me, like you, John Scott, like you, Mike, uh, a grandpa now. Um, Jesus says this to us, and, and I take it a little bit personally because it's a little harsh here, but Jesus said, if you then, uh, who are evil, <laughs> know how to give good gifts to your children good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good gifts 
to those who ask him. I mean, uh, evil is not a word I would use to describe myself, but, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not always there the way I should be. I, I, some, I have good days and bad days, hopefully more good days than bad days. And if I take care of my children, how much more will God take care of us? And this is the 7-11. Thank heaven for 7-11. This is the principle. Those last four words there in verse 11, to those who ask. We need to ask. God wants us to ask, even for things that we would normally just take for granted. Um, And so those who ask him, God loves to be asked. He may provide anyway, but when we recognize our dependence on him, we are worshiping him. When my kids were little, by the way, they didn't have to ask me for their their daily bread or their daily chicken sticks or their daily pizza or carrots or whatever. Um, I was going to provide that, but but isn't it nice when they ask and when they, when they thank you, uh, acknowledge the, what's happened to, to provide that meal for them. Um, then Jesus tells us something that's so important here that's embedded in that, give us this day our daily bread. It's that word daily, right? Daily. Uh, he doesn't say, uh, ask for your monthly bread or your yearly shipment. He doesn't say, uh, Father, back that bread truck up, beep, beep, and drop off all the bread I need, you know, for the upcoming quarter. No, it's a daily thing. It's a daily thing. Understanding I am constantly a beggar in need. And more than that, right? I mean, I'm a child in need of what comes from my Father's hand. Anyway, remember, uh, this principle is so old, really. In the Old Testament, God miraculously delivers his people out of slavery into freedom. And they are on their way to the promised land. And that journey took a long, long time. And for the most part, uh, if you've ever been over there, you can agree with this. I'm sure you've seen it. It's pretty desert-like. I mean, I think the Bible calls it a wilderness, uh, a wilderness. And they're wandering around and uh, suffice it to say, not a lot of food, you know. Not a lot of McDonald's out there where they were wandering around. And so they thought, where are we going to eat? What are we going to, where are we going to find water to drink? And God just provided, one of those ways was that manna. Remember the manna? Like they would wake up in the morning and they would open the flaps of the tent and there was bread on the ground. I would have had to stay up all night and just watch how this happened. You know, the delivery system, did it come from underneath? Did it come from above? Um, were angels draw? I mean, I would, have, I would have been so curious about that. But every day they were to go and collect what they needed for that day and not collect more. And some people did, even though they were given instructions not to. Some people decided to hoard it, to pile it up, and it became rotten. And smelly. Um, They were supposed to trust God that he would provide tomorrow like he provided today. And only on Friday in preparation of the Sabbath would you get a little bit extra daily bread. Trusting the Father today instead of worrying about the what ifs of tomorrow. I love this proverb by the way. So many Proverbs just speak to me, but this one is so good, and it's not very American. I'm just going to say that right out up the top. Proverbs 30, give me neither poverty nor riches. God, give me neither poverty 
nor riches, but give me only, here it is, my, my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much. That's the un-American part. Having too much? What? Otherwise, I may have too much, and I may disown you and say, eh, who's the Lord? Yeah? Daily bread. This is the principle of enough. Um, knowing what enough means for you and for your family. But we want more than enough. We want, because of our fears that we're going to run out, that God's not going to come through tomorrow, we want to pile stuff up. We want to hoard stuff. And we leave people around us hungry so that we can have way more than what we need. And the proverb says the danger eventually is a spiritual danger because if you give me too much, God, I may be like, eh, I'm good. Who's God anyway? I mean, I've got, I've got it covered here. And that's the danger, that spiritual principle of, of enough. So enough is what we need. More than enough is what we want. God promises to give us enough, and oftentimes he gives us way more than enough so that we can share with others and enjoy his bounty. So the prayer here is for daily bread, not daily foie gras, not daily caviar, not daily Kobe beef. I love those things, by the way. Uh, Not caviar so much, but the other stuff I love. Um, But daily bread, taking care of our actual needs, that's what God promises us. And hardwired into this is this essential is this essential truth to thrive, to do more than subsistence living, and it is knowing the difference between a need and a want, okay? It's having the wisdom to say, I want that, but I don't really need that, or I don't really need that much of that. And so this is there, distinguishing between needs and wants. Bread is elemental, in that culture, bread is, is life. I mean, the body requires that substance. Um, so Jesus is kind of explicit here about this thing. Um, give me today this particular thing, bread. Give me that because what? We tend to conflate, we tend to mix all together the needs and the desires. Um, we mix those up and we get, um, or we can, Stingy, um, less generous with others. Because how can I give this away? I might need this. How can I be open-handed with this? I don't know. Tomorrow, I, I may wish I had it. And God gives us so much, often way more than what we need. And we need clear eyes to see what is daily bread, what is not daily bread. It's not that you can't ask for other things, but be sure that you depend on God for your daily sustenance. Uh, And remember, there are people, there are neighbors who struggle to put food on the table. There are people who will line up this week to receive those $20 bags of groceries you got, $25 bags of groceries you guys bought, they will line up and they will wait for that because their families are hungry. And thank God we've been blessed to be able to help our neighbors and love them. We live in a time and a place of kind of almost unparalleled prosperity, but still we got folks 
that are hungry around us. Paul once, once wrote these words, Philippians 4.19. He said, and my God will supply every, every what? Every need. My God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Needs. The Father meets our needs. And yeah, sometimes we have more than what we need so that we can rejoice in his abundance, so that we can celebrate and praise and throw a party and dance a little bit and share with those who are in need. And Paul pens this from a prison cell, right? But Paul is not like living in total abundance. He is incarcerated as he writes these words, but he's going to say a little bit later or a little bit rather earlier in that passage, verse 11, that he's content. He's learned to be content. He's learned that God will take care of him in whatever situation. So, again, Jesus comes along and picks out like our most basic need. Uh, and, and he says something, you know, something we could take for granted. And, and one thing, and he says, don't just feel dependent on God for the big stuff. And I wonder <laughs> if sometimes our prayers aren't that. You know, we're, we're going to God for the big stuff. Please, please heal this person. God, we put a bid on this house in the right neighborhood, maybe a little less big than that other one, but, but give us, let, let our bid be accepted. God, help me in my job interview tomorrow. I really need to do well. Not wrong to pray for those things. But Jesus says, don't just come to the Father with the big stuff. Recognize you need him for all the stuff. <laughs> you need him for the little stuff as well. So Father, help us. This is just a bottom-up awareness, uh, a trusting in him to provide us with everything we need. Now, as we finish out, got to go here because the one who said these words in Matthew chapter 6 is, he, he, he is in fact the bread that we need. We remembered that this morning as we communed together. He is the bread from heaven, John chapter 6. He is the bread of life, Matthew chapter 6. He is the bread sent from God. Um, and so we were made for more than food and drink, clothes, pleasure, work. We were made for more than that. We were made to be in a relationship with God, to find ourselves, to, to, to discover our souls. We find that in Christ. That is a life surrendered to Jesus. Your life, the real you, Colossians 3.1, is hidden with Christ. That's where you find who you really are. And there is nothing in this world that can satisfy that hunger other than Jesus. And that's why so many times we get what we have been working, saving, and planning, and dreaming for. We get it. And we're, un we're not satisfied. What's, what's the next thing? Because we were made for more than anything this world can offer us. I love how C.S. Lewis put this. You, you may have heard this quote before. It's so good. He said, if we find ourselves with a desire 
that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. We were made for heaven. We were made for the eternal kingdom of God. I hope you know that. I hope you sense that. And if you're ready to come to Christ today and put your faith in him, declare your allegiance to him, surrender your... He's been taking care of you already. But he's inviting you to walk with him in a disciple master relationship, to surrender your life to him, to find him to be not only your Lord, but your Savior. You can do that today, believing on his name and being baptized in his name. Maybe you need to pray. Uh, Just pray for somebody that's on your heart, on your mind, uh, something going on, maybe something in your life, and just gather with somebody and pray, or me or Mike, and pray together and trust that your Father hears and that your Father, Father will respond according to His wisdom and His grace. Let's worship our good Father as we stand together. Let us be faithful, 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 Lord. Let us be faithful, faithful, Lord. Though we cannot see, we still believe. Let us be faithful, faithful, Lord. We believe in the God who is able to bring justice and mercy to all. Happy promises, strength for Lisa and I work in the attic ministry, third through sixth graders, and all I can say about daily bread is when we bring the donut holes and the kolaches to that room, those third through sixth graders act like they've never seen daily bread before. (laughs) 
We're glad to be part of that, and we're glad to be part of this congregation. Let's, let's read from the Word of God together as we close this morning. Read this with me from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. And the church said, Amen. Amen.